Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to After the Storm. This is Roja. And this is Hamna. Hamna, do we have another special guest today? Absolutely, we do. Um, so I'm going to get right into it. Today we're chatting with May Mustafa. She's a creative powerhouse based out of Brooklyn. Um, also, she's the co-founder of Happy Monday, which is a content studio and hyphen, um, which is a storytelling platform and now clothing brand that you might have seen on Instagram. They did a little uh, relaunch recently. Um, so we're super excited to delve into all of that and so much more with May. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I am doing great. I'm really excited to be here. So glad to hear that. How has the past little, the past year been for you? How was your 2020? <laughs> oh man, that is a loaded question. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a year of reflection and a year of challenges, but also growth, to be honest. There's, there's a, a lot of changes that have happened, um, not of not of my own decision, but you know, we've made it work and I'm, I'm here now and I'm still thriving and hopefully next year will be even better. Here's hoping. I'm really, I'm, I'm so scared. I'm not even like verbalizing anything for 2021, but I'm just like desperately hoping and praying it's better. I mean, it's the light at the end of the tunnel, I think. Yeah. You don't need to hope for the best, like it to be the best year of your life, just like better than 2020. Cause you know what? I feel like just any sliver of hope in this time was good. I know. We um, we actually started season two during 2020 because it just the year was such a dumpster fire. Um, we were stuck at home, not you know doing anything. There were I think there were months where we didn't yeah. see each other or anyone, and so we kind of got back into this as well. So we've just started off every episode so far asking people what they've been doing <laughs> during this year. Oh this is, yeah, I mean this is it's crazy. Our attempt to like make sense of the pandemic mm -hmm. yeah yeah also it's been so much of just like creative work that's been keeping people afloat right we've all been entertaining ourselves with all sorts of creativity that either others put out or we're getting into creative things ourselves so um, it's been really great to be able to speak to people who are embedded in those industries speaking of which we kind of um, for today's session, we want to start it off with getting to know you a little bit outside of your work. You know, we'll delve into all of that later on, but who is Hime? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, that's interesting that you, you said outside of work because <laughs> <laughs> I run two businesses and quite honestly, as you can imagine, that's more than a full-time commitment. So I, I really am my work. I put my all into that. It takes everything that I have, all of my mental and physical resources to, to build these two businesses and to, to keep them running. And that's where I'm at in my life right now is I, I, I want to build this empire and build these businesses. And I'm, I'm really spending all of my time trying to do that. So before we delve into kind of the entrepreneurship and that change that occurred, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, what growing up was like. Were you born and raised in the States? We like to grill all of our guests on this, mostly because <laughs> it's been either South Asian or other people of color, right? And it's interesting to see how your upbringing and lifestyle kind of affects what you end up doing later on in life. So um, yeah, Where, have you always lived in Brooklyn? Absolutely. I fully agree with that. I think that who you are is built off of your experiences and where you come from. So um, I was born and raised in Topeka, Kansas. Oh, nice. 
I'm a Pakistani background. Both of my parents are Pakistani, but I was born here, yeah, in Topeka, and then Kansas. Um, I moved from Kansas to San Francisco, California when I was in high school. And that was really eye-opening to me because I had- That must be so different. Absolutely. It was, that was, I think when I talk about my life story, that's a real pivotal moment as well. It's because I went from being very sheltered in living in a city and a state that was um, predominantly white. And I didn't have a, I didn't have anyone really who looked like me or came from my background where I lived. Um, but I moved to California and to a state that is more liberal and progressive and mm. much more diverse. And it opened up my eyes to, to the fact that there are other people and there are other ways of living your life and that I'm not alone. And so I, I moved there and then I moved to Alabama. So I kind of went backwards um, a little <laughs> bit in terms of less diverse. Yeah. Um, so my, my, my background in growing up, I had moved around to a few different places and I got to experience mm-hmm. different ideas, different communities, different cultures. Um, and through that explore myself and where I come from and what matters to me. So I landed in New York city, um, because for me being in a space that, that had the diversity of thought and and values and culture was really really important mm-hmm. but but i i come from a family that is i would say more on the progressive side um growing up my parents really tried to instill in me a you know education around where i came from and who i am mm-hmm. um, i spoke urdu growing up my urdu is shit now but <laughs> I, I spoke it growing growing yeah. up and we were taken to Pakistan every year, so over winter break or summer break, so that we really understood our homeland and our family and our and our culture. Um, now I'm just going. I was going to say that's so beautiful that they actually put in the effort to take you back and do all of that, especially, you know, again, after moving around the states. And one thing I was going to say, it's really interesting, is that you can always tell there is a different and a much more open and broad mindset when it comes to people who've moved around growing mm-hmm. up, right? Whether that's between countries or just between cities. I was going to say, it's like a reverse Hamna. You went from Dubai to like a really like small town. That's yeah. Like super yeah. I, I experienced the opposite of what you did during high school. I moved to Guelph, Ontario, which is a very white town. And I was, you know, I was raised in Sharjah in the Emirates. So it was super diverse. So Oh. Not the greatest culture shock, but we got through it. Yeah, but <laughs> I think um, also it's so good that your parents made the effort to, you know, keep you connected with your culture. Because I know sometimes I experience a disconnect where I'm like, I haven't been back to Pakistan. It's almost like, what, 11, 12 years? And it's just, and I mean, that's no fault of my parents. It's just sometimes, you know, you get started with life and you just there's no time for vacation or coordinate everything, but mm-hmm. I just, I feel like something's missing sometimes. I, I want to know this, um, I guess, this other part of me that I haven't experienced in a long time where I haven't had a direct relationship mm-hmm. with. Um, but yeah, I think it's really, really important for especially um, kids of color that live, um, especially in a space where they don't have access to that culture to learn about it and 
the fact that they made you learn the language, that's really good too. Yeah, absolutely. Being in Kansas till I was 15 and not really having that type of um, support system, going to Pakistan every year really did allow me to um, connect with my roots in a way that I just wasn't going to understand through reading or mm -hmm. consuming media. It's just not Absolutely. the same. Place. Yeah. So when I came to New York, did you move there for college or was that prior? Yeah, I came here for, for college. I went to NYU and I stayed. So now mm -hmm. I got here in 2006 and I've oh, been wow. here years now. I couldn't leave. I am not ready to leave yet. <sighs> That's amazing. I think when you find that place that really draws you in, you know, it, it makes so much sense there. So it was in New York that you kind of went through your early stages of your career and delved into entrepreneurship. Can you tell us a little bit about how that went? Yeah. So, so our, our journeys are, are often not linear and sometimes it takes some time for that to develop. And for me, that was certainly true. I, came here for college and I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I studied psychology because I was interested in the human mind and how people work. And I've always been interested in my, my own identity and mm -hmm. why I am the way I am and all those factors. But I, I kind of just coasted trying, deciding that I was gonna wait for something to move me and yeah. I, I would feel it and I would just know. That unfortunately didn't happen <laughs> until, you know, a little bit later yeah. in my life. But I, I started off um, after college working in a, in a random marketing job that honestly I took because it was a job. Mm -hmm. And that kind of defined my path for the next few years. And I bounced around to a few different jobs, startups and corporate. Um, what really was kind of the transformational period in my life was when my mom got sick. And so she, in 2014, was diagnosed with brain cancer. Oh. And that is not a cancer that you survive. It, it, it's, we were told she had about a year to live. And that I, I bring this up not to, you know, be a downer because, you know, Death is obviously obviously not a fun topic, but it really was a def the defining period in my life, and and I and I can't not talk about that mm -hmm. for you to understand who I am and and how I've gotten to where I am. Absolutely. So that's kind of like that period in my life, which is the before and the after. In that time, um, that experience really allowed me to explore myself. Um, my reflections on who I was, my legacy, my happiness, my path, who I wanted to be, and what I was doing, spending like all my time working at a job that I didn't really feel connected with. Mm -hmm. um, so, 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 so when she was sick, it, she, she survived for about a year and a half. And in that period of time, I was working at a job that I was lucky enough that they they valued family and yeah. they, they really respected me and my needs. They allowed me to go and work from home with my mom who was living in um, Arizona at the time. Um, I started to pick up a camera and document that journey. I documented mm -hmm. the experience of her decline, mm -hmm. of her facing her immortality, which 
through that, I faced my own immortality. I really started to think about, you know, what I'm here on this earth to do and, and what really moves me. Yeah. And I began to share those photographs and to write about my experience. Um, and I started to share it on social and share it with my group of friends and my network. And I really started to find a beauty in this type of storytelling and in this type of, you know, creative outlet, because I was doing something that was so not creative. You know, I was working in yeah. marketing, not even the creative marketing side of things, the data and analytics side of things. Oh gosh. Yeah. There's a lot of numbers and um, putting reports together and things like that. So through this period of time and this experience, I decided I wanted, I needed to change my path. And um, it wasn't an easy decision. Mm -hmm. it, it took a lot of thought and a lot of consideration, but I decided that I was going to quit my job and start my own business because the things that I valued were autonomy, um, creativity, and kind of paving my own path, which is not what I was doing working for somebody else. Yeah. Just to kind of add to what you're saying right now, though, one, I want to say thank you for being so honest about mm. this experience, because I think there's so much hesitation and so much fear when it comes to talking about death and the grief that comes with it and the way that changes and impacts your life, mm. right? And for you to have to go through that at such a young age and with the loss of your mother, I can't, I, I can easily say, I can't even imagine what that's like. And I think especially when you talk about experiences like, losing a parent there's nothing anybody can say during that time which is gonna help you rather than you facing that yourself and then you know um learning from that experience and it's everyone's own personal journey and it's mm -hmm. just adding on to that we need to talk more about stories like that do center around grief especially for our communities because i know we shy around it sometimes yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I also think that it's important in my story because often people will will look at me and see that I'm I'm running a business or and where I've come and they just they they don't understand that that was built off of certain experiences in my life that I didn't just wake up and decide I'm going to do this and I'm going and and I made it happen, right? It, mm -hmm. There's there's a lot that goes into it emotionally and from an education standpoint of you have to decide you want to do it and you really have to decide you want to do it from like the depths of your soul mm -hmm. and and going through something like death and loss and grief there is you 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 give yourself to that right it's it's it's, it's a fully cathartic experience mm -hmm. and i don't know to be honest i i don't know i would i would not be here if it wasn't for that experience yeah. of losing my mom so i wouldn't have just decided to quit my job and start my own business it, it was tied to this unfortunate event but through the grief and the loss and experience of that i was able to kind of work my way into a better place mm -hmm. yeah and again we're so appreciative of you talking just you know so candidly about all of this yeah of course i'm i'm an open book and i I think it's important to have these conversations, to be vulnerable and to be, to be honest and open and transparent because that's the only way that we ourselves can grow and we can help others too as well. Absolutely. And to what you were speaking 
about earlier as well, right? The work that you do, your businesses are very successful. Like we were a few days ago, we were looking at, we're going through Happy Monday and you guys have done some incredible, incredible work. And so I think there's this assumption looking from the outside in that, you know, this is like, oh, this is so great. These people are so successful. And you always just think it's like an upwards kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Everything is happy. Everything's positive. Um, but like you said, that's not necessarily how a lot of these things start out. And that's important to acknowledge. Yeah. And not even start out just through this journey of mm -hmm. running a business. It is, it's hard. It's really hard. And there's a lot of challenges. You, what you see on social and what you hear people talk about is like the fun, sexy, glamorous part of mm -hmm. being a business owner, an entrepreneur, a creative, but there's, a lot of work that has to be done to get you to that place. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about how things were when you made that switch and when you decided that, you know what, this is it. I'm starting a company. Um, and what made you kind of go in that direction too? Of yeah. Using that creative outlet to start the business. I guess. Yeah. So, so, so during the time when I was kind of exploring storytelling through my mother's, my mother's, um, sickness and death, I had decided I wanted more autonomy. And then that one of the ways I was going to do that was to start my own thing. And the timing was so that my business partner is also my husband um, <laughs> for Happy Monday and for Hyphen. And he had been a freelancer for, for many years within the content industry. So he was a photographer and a videographer. But as an individual, you can only take yourself so far um, yeah. as a freelancer. Like being a freelancer, you just don't have the opportunities often or the resources to, to do what you can when you have a team or when you build mm -hmm. a business. Absolutely. So he had hit a ceiling at that point. And I had now for the last year or so been, you know, dabbling in, in my own creative ventures and telling the story of my mother and really feeling like I needed to explore new paths for myself. We figured out that if we joined forces, that I brought my business acumen, my experience in corporate and working um, uh, essentially as like a producer and his experience with, you know, his, the current, his client base and the work he had done, if we could bring those two together, I, we thought we really had a viable and, potentially really successful business that we could create mm -hmm. together. And it, it, you know, the, the timing of things just kind of worked out that mm -hmm. um, I left that job, joined forces with him and we created what we created. And, and that was the birth of happy Monday really was through some of this pain and struggle came this kind of beautiful birth of a company that, that also was kind of a testament to our the strength of our relationship as well. If all of our listeners know what Happy Monday is, so do you want to just give a little bit of background on yeah. what it is that you do? Yeah, of course. So Happy Monday is a creative agency and content studio, and we create for social media. Mm -hmm. So what that means is that we are working with brands and individuals to help them connect with their audience and share their messaging <laughs> in a mobile social friendly way um, so we are creating for instagram facebook youtube twitter all the social platforms like that's our niche that's our focus and 
it's quite it's quite fun to be able to just create social media content you guys have a lot of things on the go like i haven't seen it's like you guys are at an event and you're producing content for them while it's still going on or on the same day. I haven't seen that before. I think that's what I found super interesting in terms of, you know, what something just completely different that you guys bring to the table. Yeah. So when we started, we started off as a video production company and we quickly realized that there was a hole in the market for social media. Well, when we started four ish years ago, you know, social was really starting to take off. Mm -hmm. Brands were really starting to figure out and um, kind of understand where their role was and how they could connect with audiences. So we, at that time, realized, oh, wow, there's, a, there's an opportunity here for us to really position ourselves as a company that works strictly in creating social content. And that was not really a thing at that time. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that we quickly realized that we were very good at was being agile, um, you know, adjusting on the fly and, and, and quickness, like yeah. understanding that the nature of social was about the here and the now, and then people move on to whatever is It's next. very fleeting, right? Exactly. And it happens very quickly. So we, one of the, one of the products that we offered and was very, very successful and became really the cornerstone of our business until pandemic was was documenting, creating content at live events and turning that content around in real time. So it was a real time offering. So by that, I don't mean live streaming. Mm -hmm. I mean, actually, we have a team on the ground, we're filming, and then I have an editor as well who is turning, editing, you know, putting together edited videos and turning that content around, giving it to the client and the client posts, you know, half an hour after something is happening in mm -hmm. real time. And this was really, I think, um, amazing and even to this day i think wow this is amazing that we were able to build a team and mm -hmm. a workflow and a process and create this amazing product that not a lot of people have the ability to do um and and so that was very successful and it, it was a fast-paced life yeah that is now kind of a thing of the past <laughs> <laughs> so that's not a thing of the past, you know, just a little hindrance. We'll get over this little blip and we can yeah. go back, uh, well, not back to how things were, but perhaps, you know, we've learned from our mistakes. Mm -hmm. Well, and I also think that as human beings, we are built for connection. You know, mm -hmm. we need human connection. We will go back at some point to having in-person events and being able to do IRL activations and mm -hmm. that that time will come it's just a matter of when mm -hmm. absolutely um so kind of going into you know 2020 and the pandemic that hit that must have hit you guys hard happy monday but at the same time you did a relaunch of hyphen um so we wanted to get a little bit into that yeah so happy monday i would say we had our best year 2019 was felt like the beginning of an amazing journey. We, we, were, we, we were traveling probably 85% of the year all over the world. We had multiple jobs on the same day. It was, it was almost hard to keep up with our success. Mm -hmm. And then the pandemic hit. And that all changed as everyone knows, it changed everything. Now our business, like what we were just talking about, about this real time event capture, that our business was 
really heavily built on events and, and um, in-person activations. And when that went away, all of our business went away. Our calendar cleared up, mm-hmm. our clients, any jobs that were on the calendar were no longer on the calendar. And we were sitting here with no work. We have a lot of time, a lot of anxiety around what's yeah. going to happen. And inevitably, you are forced to take a look at where you're at and reflect on, you know, on, on what's next. So we had a bit of a breather during that time, whereas before, the year before, we, had, we really had no time to breathe or think about anything aside from what we were doing and the jobs that we were on. This gave us, the pandemic gave us an opportunity to really think about what matters and what we want to spend our time doing when we have a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. And that's when Hyphen kind of came back into our sphere, our mind space. Now, Hyphen is actually a passion project that we had started four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, as you had mentioned, Hyphen is a clothing brand and a storytelling platform. It's inspired by my South Asian American identity. And the goal of Hyphen has always been to uplift and inspire the community and to, and as a way for, for me to make a positive and impactful contribution to the community. So we had started that a few years ago, but because of the success of Happy Monday, we really could not, we didn't have enough resources to mm-hmm. put up, to do both of those things at the same time. So I had to put hyphen to the back, um, you know, in the back seat and really put all of my focus and my energy into building Happy Monday, which is with my bread and my butter. It, it allows me to eat. It makes me money, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Pandemic happened, a lot of time, hyphen, brought hyphen back. And it's been really, really refreshing. And it has provided a sense of purpose for me in a way that I uh, don't, that I, that I've, that it's provided a sense of purpose in a way that I feel this is what I want to do with my life. Like Mm -hmm. I would love to just spend all of my time doing hyphen. That's such an incredible realization to have as well, right? I wanted to just ask about what are, what are your future goals with hyphen? Because it's just from the way I see it, it can be such an agent for good, especially having something that's a storytelling platform that's catered, you know, to the communities that we come from. And I think anything that gives us a chance to give back to those communities is very rewarding. Yeah, so when we started, it was a storytelling platform and it really was just about um, uplifting the people within our community, helping to um, amplify the creative voices and tell the stories from within our community in the way that that the, those individuals themselves wanted to tell their stories. So it was mm-hmm. about like, you know, autonomy and control of over the narrative. Now, where we are at currently is that we decided that we wanted to bring an element, like a tangible element to it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the work we do in Happy Monday is fashion based. And so we decided it would be fun and kind of kind of cool to create clothing and apparel and other kind of items. We have some fun, fun drops coming soon. <laughs> but 
items that we ourselves wanted to see in the market, things that reflected our kind of the duality of our identities, right? I'm American, but I'm also Pakistani. And yeah. what that means to have a shirt that calls out the fact that, you know, I'm a, a brown kid with a big imagination, things like that. Things I love that, that drop, by the way. I love that you did a line for kids because that's so cool. I see my cousins here all the time. And, you know, all of us, well, not all, but like most of us live in predominantly white areas. And so just in our chats with them, there's this sense of like feeling a little bit like outsiders. And I try to, you know, expose them to media that has pe Pakistani people, but also like Pakistani American or Pakistani Canadians. And so just to even have that on a little t-shirt is so nice and so affirming. Thank you. Yeah, it's been really great hearing and hearing the response and getting the positive feedback. Because like you said, I live in New York City, but there's so many people who live in cities and areas that are, they are not seeing a lot of them, their, their selves reflected in their community. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the goal. Um, right now we are, we are doing what we can within the limitations of pandemic. Mm -hmm. And for that, for us, that means, you know, coming up with ideas and creating these products, putting out messages, trying to tell stories. But the end goal is really to create a, a hub and a community where we all have the ability to, to tell our stories and to make things happen for ourselves and for each other. Um, I think one of the things that I'm really interested in is eventually kind of creating some sort of marketplace where creators within our community have a space to, um, to, to obviously tell their stories, but to sell their goods as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's not, you know, we have to create this for ourselves. And Absolutely. it hasn't existed in the past. And I've seen in the last few years, Fortunately, we are as a community starting to, you know, rise up and make more noise, but we still, there's still a lot of opportunity for us to, to kind of uplift each other and to push each other forward. We're so excited for, I guess, when you come to that point, because I know Hamna and I always talk about kind of having this hub uh, for like South Asian creatives or these creatives of color to kind of gather and I guess share ideas. Yeah. But they're just... There's just nothing like that right now, but I think- Especially um, here, right? I think yeah. the scene is so different in the States versus Canada. There is a big gap in that here. And we talk so much about like ways to fill that, but at the same time, it's like, yeah. you have to be in the right, not the right, but ha be in a space that, you know, where you have some of the resources and the time to delve into that, so. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There it's, I hear that actually, that, that, the community is different in, in London and Canada than where we're at in the States, which I think is really interesting because now with social media and the ability to connect, I would hope that that gap closes. I think it also might be like related to population because there's like a bigger population in the States and also like a bigger population in New York City. So there's more creatives together whereas like i always forget that toronto is only like what two million people at most and then like i think that that might affect things as well and then everyone's kind of just stratified in one place but then like mm. it's just it's interesting 
Mm-hmm. But then we can talk about geography later. I kind of <laughs> wanted to backtrack a little bit. Um, you mentioned that, you know, your business partner is your husband. Uh, and you guys were always on the move. You know, you were in different cities when you were um, in 2019. You were at the height of Happy Monday. Um, how do you manage, like, the work-life crossovers that come with it? Or balancing family life and, you know, connecting with uh, the family that, you have back in America like how does that work because I know that was very interesting to Hamna and I that mm-hmm. how can you be so on the move but then also be from a salvation family yeah yeah well <laughs> working with my husband has been quite a journey in self-exploration <laughs> understanding how to make your relationship work because the line between professional and personal gets blurred. There, there really is no line. It's all kind of becomes the same thing. Mm-hmm. And understanding what, what has been key for me has been kind of knowing where to, to be in that seat of, okay, right now we're, we're doing, we're, we're working. And I am taking the role of the producer right now and you're the director and we are going to communicate and interact in a professional, like professional business way, then knowing and creating space for yourself outside of that, where it's specifically like we are going to be husband and wife right now. And we're going to, you know, interact and um, talk about things that are not work and really just spend some time together outside of that world creating those types of spaces was something that i had to learn how to do because when we started this it was all just one big mess of constantly working stressed Mm -hmm. out you're not doing enough i'm not doing enough you know where is that line but it's been good because i think our relationship and i don't know if this is true I, i i would venture to say that most people, a lot of people don't come out of this feeling like their relationship is stronger, but I did. And that's because both of us put a lot of work into figuring out how to make it work Mm -hmm. because we, our outlooks are similar and our desires are similar. We want to, you know, build this business out and we still want to have like a fruitful and successful marriage as well. So we've kind of figured out what works for us in terms of communication and when we are working and when we're not turning on turning off and then also what matters to us in terms of making sure that we are still connected with and communicating with our families and taking that time when we have the time and creating some of that space as well but i i have to say that you do have to decide where you want to spend your time and Mm -hmm. make an active decision about that because it's easy to to start the week off and then friday friday's here and i haven't called my dad all week or i haven't Mm -hmm. talked to my sister i haven't responded to that text message it does take a toll on your relationships but for me it's about understanding where i'm at what i need to do right now and communicating that to my relationships and having them just give me that respect and understanding um, that I'm, I'm in really in this like peak time in my life where I'm trying to build something mm-hmm. and kind of having that mutual respect. But from a, from a family perspective, 
like I said earlier, I, I come from a more progressive family and I haven't really had this, the challenges and the struggles that a lot of other um, you know, brown kids do, or even my friends, that I was always encouraged to kind of pave my own path, do my own thing, um, be independent. My mother was really, really big on like, be independent. Even when you get married, you do not rely on a man. You, you do your own thing. You make sure that you're in control of your own life. And that at any point, if you were to be, you know, alone in life, that you're, you'll be good. And so I came from the, from a background of, um, those were our values. Yeah. I haven't really had that struggle or challenge of trying to convince my family that this is what I need to be doing or that I'm, that I'm going to be successful. They've always kind of Mm -hmm. been mostly supportive. I wanted to add, um, just, I'm so glad that your mother gave you the kind of advice that she did and that um, was able to kind of build strength within you because I think that's the kind of superpower that a woman needs when surviving in a male-dominated industry too. And I, I can tell that that has probably affected how you lead Happy Monday and Hyphen, you know, and kind of operate in this space. Um, can you add a little bit more on that? in being, I guess, a woman in a male-dominated industry and what kind of skills you've used to, I guess, help you in this journey? Yeah, so I think you're absolutely right that I, I was brought up with certain, certain you know, values and support toward that allowed me to be kind of strong-willed and confident and to believe in myself in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, gender inequality is for sure a thing <laughs> um, across industries, across the world, right? Yeah. Where you work, but I have seen it in the industry that I work in. When I started shooting Fashion Week in like 2015, 2016, I was so surprised at how little representation there was around. I was often the only or one of the few women photographers in the room. Um, And I've seen that change over the years, which I think is amazing and great. And I hope it continues to to go in that direction. But it it has been a challenge that I've always just kind of thought to myself, I have the opportunity to project my voice and who I am out into the world, and I'm going to do that in the face of whatever whatever comes my way. I I think I've been really fortunate to have a partner who is incredibly supportive. Um, he is a feminist, and he is not afraid to let me shine. He is not afraid to give credit where credit is due. So I think relationships like that are really important. And me myself, being in the position that I am in. I've often, you know, gone into a room or gone into a meeting and it's clear that it's assumed that I am not in the position of power that I am or that I was gonna yeah, that's one thing I really wanted to talk about is that's like a layer of complexity, right? Not not only you're a co-owner of the business, but your business partner is your husband. So do people often assume that like he's in charge kind of thing? And how do you yeah. deal with that? I, I I do feel that I feel, and I, and I've, I've thought a lot about why is that? Is it because I'm more quiet because I am more quiet. I'm more reserved when we go into a meeting often, you know, we've decided what our roles are. And, um, he, I, uh, he often does a lot of the pitching and okay. I kind of 
you know, flower it up. And I, 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 I contribute where I want to contribute. Mm -hmm. So I've often thought, is it because I'm not, you know, saying enough or I'm not loud enough on social media and I'm not like tooting my own horn. But I, I do think that, that often it is this like, you know, assumption around gender. And when I walk into a room and when I'm in a meeting, sometimes they do assume that, you know, they're looking at him and mm -hmm. eyes are on him. And I've decided that it is up to me to kind of try to change that narrative and um, position myself in the way that I want to be perceived. Um, so it's just, it's, I think, an ongoing, ongoing fight that you just got to fight. And being in a position that I'm in, I think that I have the opportunity to help create a space to help nurture relationships with other women mm -hmm. and um, relationships like mentor mentorships, but also friendships. And like that is how we are going to be able to band together and lift each other up and support each other in these kind of experiences and um, situations where we might need a little bit more support and guidance. Absolutely. I agree with that 100% because I think sometimes um, people might have great ideas, right? But the only thing they lack is like that network of support or just that uh, another person kind of just, I guess, even give feedback or words of affirmation like hey i know what you what you're going through i've kind of gone through the same thing and you know what i'm here to watch mm -hmm. that's just so important especially in the communities that we belong to to uplift each other um yeah and it helps you not feel as lonely right we were even talking about being, yeah. growing up in a small town being brown you were an outsider like mm -hmm. i remember often at the beginning of my career here like feeling oh i'm the only woman wow like they don't get my experience mm. so just creating yeah. that support system i think is really important absolutely um it's i just while you were talking about that i remember this was i don't know however long ago but i remember seeing like pictures and snaps that you've posted on socials of your behind the scenes work and it would be you surrounded by a bunch of male photographers <laughs> at the end of a runway and it's, it's, that's just one thing that i distinctly remember yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I'd, I'd be in, they call it the media pit. I'm there, just this, like, little, like, petite <laughs> female, and then just big guys with big cameras all around me. And I'm just like, what is there? There's no reasonable explanation for this. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's also, just, like, gatekeeping of industries, right? And roles where people being like, no, this is the way it's always been, and this is the way you want to keep it. But... I think you existing in that space, taking up that space um, unapologetically and then being visible in that, um, I think, creates opportunity, but also just open-mindedness and others. Yeah. And I think that the more that I saw more female representation and more women I, I started to see, it really did start to change the way that we were perceived and the way that, you know, the way that, it, it, it stopped being as much of a boys club as mm -hmm. it was before. And um, that's good. We, our culture needs to move more in that direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I definitely think that, especially in this day and age, a lot of people are being inspired um, by, you know, the work that you do and other creatives do. And they're seeing that, you know what, I think there's a space for me. I think, 
at first some people might just shy away because you know they they haven't seen anybody that looks like them in an industry like that but seeing that person already there makes them feel comfortable and be like you know what maybe it's worth trying because absolutely i i it's really important to me that i try to kind of pass along what i'm learning and that i be a support system for the younger generation or other or there are other females who are trying to get into this industry or do what i'm doing or or not even my industry, just create a, you know, create a business or be creative or do whatever it is that they want to do. I didn't have, I, I didn't feel like I knew any women in positions of power or roles that aligned with what I was kind of trying to do. Mm-hmm. So my own mentorship, like it really kind of came from my own circle and my family mm-hmm my own learnings. Like I, I, I really sought out, I read a lot and I tried to um, educate myself, but I would love to try to you know, pass that along and help out in any way that I can with anyone in our community, you know, women or not, who is in need of, of a mentor or someone who can help them along or just support them. Like I think that will be one of the biggest things that I can accomplish in my life is if I can help someone else kind of find their path. That's such a beautiful thing to say. And I feel like with the work you're doing, you're, you're already doing that to a certain extent. And, you know, I'm so sure that you're going to take that even further. Thank you. And thank you so much for kind of sharing your story uh, with us. We really appreciate it. I know coming into this, I was like, wait, I, I want to learn more about, you know, how Homey started out and where she is. And it's just, it's been really yeah. exciting to learn. Yeah. Thank yeah. you again for your time, because it's been, I think we wanted to see the personal side of things, right? And you really brought that out. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, thanks for having me. It's been really nice getting, getting to talk about this and kind of taking it a little bit more from a, you know, a personal perspective.